TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys on a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys on a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to another week of the Two Guys and a Mike Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Beautiful Monday here. Brand new month. Brand new month. Rip up the October calendar. Time to turn over a new leaf. We got Election Day coming up tomorrow. We're still recuperating from Halloween and yesterday. We'll get some Halloween stories. I'm sure when the big dog checks in, now he's always good for a few Halloween stories. It's almost scary to think what trouble he got into this weekend. And of course, uh, we will attempt for all the other uh, muck and mire to actually talk a little sports. Sometimes we get so sidetracked on this particular show that we uh, forget to go to our meat and potatoes, and that is the sports talker. And uh, you can help us keep us uh, on track. In fact, we count on you, the listener, keeping us on track by uh, giving us a call, talking sports and more with the coach and the big dog. 888-463-6748, the phone number. Again, 888 888- Four six three six seven four eight. the phone number. Another week of programming. David Olson, our outstanding producer on the other side of the glass, by the way, David Brian Bauer, who uh, used to co-host the show on occasion, will be coming in this week. He's got a rare week off of work. Either that or he lost his job again. I'm not sure one of the two, but uh, Brian will be coming in Wednesday and Friday, so we'll be joined by him. And uh, should be a great week. A lot of stuff going on. Great time to be a sports fan. you got the football. If you're a high school football fan, you got high school football playoffs, you got college football, you got NFL football, NHL hockey kicking off and starting to get in gear, NBA basketball. If you're a college hoops fan, won't be long till they start playing. The teams are practicing. We got the World Series going on. All is good in love and war and sports. 888-463-6748. The phone number. We'll talk a lot of football today. No question about it. Recap. Some of the NFL games from yesterday. We'll talk some college football as well. Great weekend of football. But let's start it off with the World Series. And uh, San Francisco, one game away from winning their first ever World Series. When we say first ever, first ever in uh, the fine city of San Francisco. They've been in it. But they haven't been able to win it. And they are now one game away. And I still wouldn't count the Texas Rangers out. I think the Rangers get hot. That batting lineup. Top to bottom, if if they get hot and get on a roll, I would not discount the possibility. Don't start celebrating yet. If you're a listener out in the San Francisco area, feel free, Bay Bridge uh, or Bay Area fans, Golden Gate fans, feel free to give me a call. Tell me I, I should be jumping off one of those bridges, the Giants. One could say, you know, with the pitching staff they have and the rotation they got coming up, it's over. It's all over. But I would say no, only because I have such great respect for the Texas Ranger uh, hitting lineup. From top to bottom. Now, they lose yesterday and they get shut out. And I guess the fact that I have such great respect for the Texas lineup and we have all season long, Big Dog was one of the first. My good partner, uh, the Big Dog. Where the hell is the Big Dog, by the way? And he was Dave. Did he call in? Big Dog is MIA Uh-oh. as of this moment. Uh-oh. I always, I always worry when he's late. Because with Big Dog, you never know, especially on Mondays. I feel when he is out of our tutelage for like two days in a row, Worrisome. Well, especially on a Monday after a holiday weekend. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. 
Okay. I told you my tradition here is I will check before I even read the sports page or the front page. I look at the crime report first. And I know Joel's got a couple of alias names he uses, but I check for his alias. And uh, I even look under quote-unquote big dog. And then I'll look under obituaries. And I figure if I don't see him in either one of those two categories, he's good for the show the next day. (laughs) Maybe I didn't check close enough. Maybe I should get another local paper. Somebody help me out. Check the obits real quick. But we are hoping to be joined by the big dog. Maybe he just had another bad beat the Schmoes weekend. Who knows? Once again, I lost my sheet, so I'm going to have to count on his honesty and dependency. We'll talk about our beat the Schmoes football pick. David Olson's got a smirk on his face. I got a feeling. I got me a feeling. I don't know for sure yet that he has broken his miserable, miserly one and two streak. Just based on the smirk on the face. But finish it up with the World Series talk. Texas not out of it yet. Great pitching matchup. Game five tonight. A lot of people might, if you're a casual baseball fan, you might think today is a day off. And you'll, you'll re, you know, rejoin the World Series on Tuesday. Don't do that. Don't do that. They're under the 2-3-2 two, two formula. So we got three consecutive games at the beautiful ballpark in uh, Arlington, Texas. And the game today is the repeat of the uh, great pitching matchup. We had all the build-up to the opening game. Tim Lensicombe, Roy Halladay, arguably the two top pitchers in all of baseball. And you remember all the build-up they had for game one. Should be a pitching duel, one to nothing. How are they going to... How these teams got to squeak across the run, and the final score was like eleven to seven. So we'll see. Obviously, the pressure much more on Roy Happy Halliday than it is on Tim Lincecum because the uh, Rangers have no room for error. Sense of urgency to the tenth degree. They have to win three in a row. Roy Halliday has to come through with a quality pitching performance. Tim Lincecum, little psychological advantage tonight because he can be a bit more relaxed on the mound. It's still the World Series. And there's obviously pressure, but uh, they don't have to win the game. And for the Giants, they've got Matt Kane, who might be the hottest pitcher of all right now. Right behind him, and then Jonathan Sanchez. So San Francisco looking good. Credit their pitching staff was shutting down a very, very good Texas Ranger offense, but don't count the Rangers out just yet. That's my lesson for the day. Texas won on uh, Saturday, of course, 4-2. to two. Giants came back and won yesterday 4-0. to nothing. Aubrey Huff got the big hit, the two-run homer. Madison Bumgarner, you talk about great performances over the weekend. We'll talk about some in football. There were some off the sports page as well. Yeah, we're going to get the sports guys talk politics today as well. But uh, a lot of great performances over the weekend. Probably if you had to go number one, considering the pressure he was under and considering his age and the fact that he had not pitched or performed under this kind of pressure, Madison Bumgart. Wow. Three months ago, he turned legal drinking age. Madison Bumgartner, in front of the world, throws a eight-inning, three-hit, six-strikeout, two-walk, and he made it look easy. That's what's so impressive. I mean, come on, Madison. You're 20 years old. You're supposed to be a little nervous. You're supposed to, uh, you know, not, not locate your fastball or your curveball quite as well. Maybe groove a couple of balls, feel the pressure a little bit, overthrow. Nah, it was a walk in the park for Madison Bumgarner. Like it was the uh, middle of the season. Final game of a four-game road trip in Florida in front of, uh, you know, a couple thousand fans. Guy made it look easy. It was amazing. Thank goodness, too, with the name Madison Bumgarner. Thank goodness he was an athlete. Because can you imagine if he went to a... Um, well, most schools out there. And you got the name Madison Bumgardner. 
I would think, uh, you know, you're Madison Bumgarner. You like hanging around the library. You're going to catch some abuse from some of your local uh, schoolmates. So thank goodness the guy was an athlete. But a tremendous performance. Again, a lot of great stuff over the weekend, a lot of great performances. Uh, but certainly Madison Bumgarner, the young 21-year-old, brilliant pitching performance in the World Series. I'm getting a thumbs up from David Olson, I believe. That is the signal that we have reconnected with my favorite Halloween ghost. We welcome him to the month of November here as we turn the calendar. My good partner, the big dog, Joel Redwanski. Check it in, big dog. Coach, how often did you get picked on as a child? Seriously. You're always worried about somebody getting picked on yes. and abused as a kid. Yep. You must have had a really, really horrible as no. no, not really. I kind of, you know, I was never... I was never the upper echelon, never the real cool guy. I wasn't the uh, great athlete like yourself, big dog. I kind of rode in that big middle swirl. So I can't say major prop, but I all, you are correct, though. If you picked up on it, I always have a sensitivity to the uh, the kid on the bottom, the bullying. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know where it comes from, but I do have a sensitive take for it. Well, it, it's good to know that there's somebody out there like you, Coach. That's I'm fighting for the little guy, big dog. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, you do. <laughs> Uh, maybe I'll run for election in a couple of years, huh? Well, as soon as you start taking bribes and, and become a jerk, it, it'll nope. work, Coach. Nope, I'm going to go the clean route. I'm going to well, be noticed. Get elected? Uh, yes, I will. See, the more people come in with sardonic attitudes like that, the more it will continue. I'm going to go under the mis- I'm going to go under the Mister Clean. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not motto, but political campaign. There's another. Huh? There's another Logan. word that's escaping me right now, but it's going to be under the. I'm, I'm going to have the Mr. Clean candidates with me. We're all going to be, not be from the world of politics, and uh, we will not have our hands open taking bribes. Thank you very much. How are you, big dog? Uh, I, I'm doing well, coach. Actually, <laughs> I'm doing horrible. I, I, I can't pick college game anymore. I, I'm really not sure what to do. What? I threw away my records. I'm going to count on your honesty. Uh, we're talking beat the schmoes here from our football Friday. We picked three games against the spread. I'm assuming, Big Dog, you again did not do so well. No, I'm still above 500, luckily. I was 14 and 9. The problem is I'm now 14 and 12. Whoa! 0 and 3? And all my other games came in. The three that I picked, I lost all the games. Auburn, Mississippi. I know you missed up on that one. Yeah, I messed that one up. What uh, were the other two? USC, Oregon, yep, and uh, all, I mean Purdue versus Illinois, which I was happy to say I was wrong yes. about. Yep, you're in a slump. Started off hot. You're in a, if you here's the bright side for you, dog. If you're going to hit a slump, this is the time of year to hit your slump. Yeah, uh, I'm still about five hundred. Yes, you are. Oh, yes, you are. David Olson, our fine producer. I'm not sure how he did. I mentioned he had a. Smirk on the face. Either the kids were away for the weekend and he and the wife had some quality time or his beat the schmoes picks um, were above 500 for the first time since uh, political voting or political elections started about six months ago. Yes, David? Yeah, I bounced back with a two and one. Woo! Two and one. Who were your twos? Uh, Buffalo beat the spread. It's about all they beat. That's all they beat. Well, but, uh, but they had to, you know, they... <laughs> Uh, and uh, Miami. Miami. Miami over Cincinnati. That's Cincinnati. weak. You can, you can even count that? Just because you took Cincinnati, uh, Coach. That was No, I actually didn't. I want to thank you for talking me out of that, by the way. 
Okay. Thank you, because I, I went. I'm, I'm still hot, hotter than a pistol, big dog. Uh, a second consecutive three and zero week. And remember, I was going to pick Green Bay over the Jets. Yeah. And then you yeah. talked me out of it. I went to the Cincinnati Miami game, and I and right in the middle, of it, I said, "Nope, I'm going back to my original instinct. Took the pack over the Jets. One of the only people to do that. Thank you very much. I had the Lions over the Redskins. Oakland, Oakland over Seattle. Another three and zero weekend, big dog. Better to be lucky than to be good. That's all I can say. Having a little bit of both helps too. Yeah, yeah. How about that score, though? Green Bay nine to nothing over the New York Jets. I don't know if you uh, we haven't talked about what you did over the Halloween weekend, but hopefully you were able to go horizontal and watch some football as well. Well, I was watching the Red Zone Channel, so I didn't get to watch a lot of that game. Is the best way for me to put yeah, it. I don't think anybody was, entered the Red Zone. Yeah, it didn't happen very often in the game. It, one of the craziest calls I have ever seen. Uh-oh. The Jets in a tie game. It was 0-0 at the time. Uh, middle of the second quarter, they run a fake punt from their own 11-yard line. Who's they? On the Jets, like I said, the Jets are on their own 11. They run a fake punt on 4th and 18, and they come up a half a yard short. The score was 3 to nothing because of that field goal that the, the, the Packers kicked uh-huh. until late in the fourth quarter. Uh, well, it might be one of the worst I don't. I like being aggressive, but fourth and eighteen on your own eleven, with it on a, in a tie ball game. And you know what? The guy was only half a yard short. Steve Weatherford, one of the best punters in all of football. Yeah, I'm all in favor of gambling, but that one seems like you're going against the odds on that one, especially when the game is still very much at hand. What's so impressive about that game, Big Dog? And we'll do a little round them up, wrap them up, cover all the NFL games. We'll put it to music and say. Uh, Monday tradition here on the Two Guys in a Mike Show, but Green Bay was missing four starters from their defense. They brought two guys in, brand new to the defense. They had just played with them this week, and they mixed and matched all those guys, and they shut out one of the better offenses, at least of late in the NFL. Pretty impressive. Yeah, they had so many issues on, on defense that they had backup offensive linemen coming in on their uh, on their goal line packages mm-hmm. to, to play defensive tackle and stuff. That doesn't happen very often in the NFL where you got offensive uh, or defensive players going to the other side of the ball. I mean, normally it's a big story when it happens. So. Mm-hmm. By the way, speaking of being at the goal line in the red zone and short yardage packages, we we didn't cover it, but you did read the story last week where uh, nine or ten or almost a dozen of the Bears got turned away at one of the uh, local Chicago bars. No, I did not hear this. You did not hear that. Good. Okay. Big Doug, you need you need to you need to follow your gossip sections and read your sports page. Anyhow, that happened, and it was you know a little bit of a story and stuff. But I guess one of the bears, or was it a bear fan, texted one of the players <laughs> and said, you know, because they they were not able to get into the bar, and he texted him and said, where where were you at the one yard line? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was one of the players that actually texted that. So you got to. When things are going frustrating, you got to have a sense of humor to fans from the, the non-Chicago area wondering what I'm talking about. Our Chicago Bears have been mired in offensive frustration all year long, but from the one-yard line, Big Dog, help me out, something like O for 10? It's, it's horrible. They cannot get into the end zone. The, the, they need to like get a delay game penalty whenever they get to the one. <laughs> Purposely take it so they can run something from the six, huh? Yes, exactly. Uh... exactly. I only laugh it's, 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 it's so sad that it's actually true. 
All right. Uh, but anyhow, the Packers beat the Jets nine to nothing. We'll talk uh, some NFL games out there. Of course, no Chicago Bears this weekend. Um, here locally in Chicago, we had a big weekend of college football. You mentioned gambling and controversial decisions. Let's bring it up now. How about Notre Dame and Brian Kelly at the 19-yard line? Oh, this is moronic. Passing moronic. up a field goal, going for a touchdown, and the ball gets intercepted. Wow. It, it was one of the worst play calls. It was one of the worst executions. Because who knows, maybe, maybe he was supposed to check down. But to throw the ball up with a minute and a half to go, because if Malcolm Floyd catches it, all of a sudden Tulsa gets the ball back and they have a chance to win. That's how bad of a call it is. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is hang on to the ball at that point. Notre Dame is down 28-27. They're on the 19. There's a little bit over a minute to go in the game. It's first down. You run the ball. Period. Period. Wait, at what, that, did, what down point. was it? It was first down, Coach. That was third down. Are you sure? No. Either way, how much time was left? Uh, just over a minute. So the question is, do you take see if it's third down? Then I think the call is is abysmal. You're yeah. one down away, you know. But if it's first down, do you want to take a chance on a field goal or maybe go for the touchdown? So we, we well, well, just put it this way: if you score on that play, yep, Tulsa gets the ball back with a minute to go That's in the good game. Good point. Okay. Good point. Secondly. You have the best field goal kicker in the country, yep. possibly. Yep. So you can rely. It's not like you're in Florida and you're setting out there a, a guy who's a backup punter mm-hmm. to kick field goals, you know, who who makes one out of every five. This guy has made 18 or 19 consecutive field goals. Mm-hmm. You run it into the line. You force Tulsa to burn all their timeouts. If one pops into the end zone, they win. You, you don't want an incompletion, and by goodness, you don't want a turnover. Yep. Yeah, you are correct, and boy, yeah, and boy, David Olson, I, I even throw this out to you here. Can you remember a college team that has had a worse, let's call it a streak, than Notre Dame fighting Irish football? They lose to Tulsa. To Tulsa over the weekend, 28-27. First and foremost, and largely above everything else, the tragic death of the kid on the camera filming the game. So you got all that going on. They're mourning him while also worried about lawsuit and jobs and, and you know, impending, uh, not legislation, but impending uh, litigation concerning that. So you got all that going on. You're, you're coming off a Navy game, Big Doe, where you lost. You got beaten all around the football field by Navy. You're playing Tulsa, and they lose to Tulsa. Their star running back out for the year. Their starting quarterback, knee injury out for the year and part of the offseason. And then they uh, they gamble for it and make a bad decision, and their freshman quarterback, who played very well, throws an interception. Uh, I can't remember more things going wrong in a shorter period of time for any cowards, let alone Notre Dame. Yeah, and, and you didn't mention that their very high-quality quarterback, uh, Dane Chris, is out for the season at yeah, the blown no, I said that. in this game. I said that. Did you, did you say that? To, yeah. And going into it, the best tight end in the country, Kyle Rudolph, uh, Blew his knee out the week before, or yep. tore his hamstring from the bone yep. the week before. So, Oof. from the bone, from the bone, coach. that's not good. I say just to string it up, attach it back up, get him out there and let him play. Why not, coach? Shouldn't, shouldn't like a, like a hamstring torn from the bone keep you from playing? Come on, you got plenty of other muscles. What's wrong with the athletic department over there? Have they ever heard of string? You can get that thing healed in the off season. Let's play ball. Duct tape will work too, coach. <laughs> 
Oh, I hate to laugh at the misfortunes of others, but boy, that that's a yeah, uh, losing to Tulsa, big dog. Tulsa. We talked about the players' Navy recruits. Think about who Tulsa gets coming out of high school, and think about who Notre Dame gets coming out of high school. What is wrong with the picture of Tulsa being? And I don't care if two of your stars went down. Notre Dame's got sixty-five stars on their bench. Tulsa maybe has one or two. One or two that were recruited at the level of Notre Dame's 63rd or 64th player. I don't understand how that could happen. It's got to be coaching. Yeah, it, 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 well, I'm not about to get over a brand-new staff first year because Brian Kelly can coach. Yes. Okay, so I, I'm not about to point the finger at the coaching staff just yet. Okay, but if you think about it, Tulsa gets the same quality player that Navy gets, mm-hmm. but without the character. That's a cheap shot at some of the Tulsa players. On behalf of my good friends in Tulsa, i got to take issue with that. Do you know who the the best football player probably ever out of Tulsa is? (laughs) Um, Rick Riley. Never heard of him. Neither have I. Lovey Smith. High-character guy. Can't coach worth a lick, but a high-character guy. And uh, word is that he gave the the (laughs) Tulsa Golden Hurricane an inspirational speech before the game. Oh, boy. Well, <laughs> oh, he was at goodness. the game. With, with, I, I, with his lovely wife. I do recall reading that story. His wife is very lovely, um, but I was not aware that he was the greatest player ever to come out of Tulsa. Matter of fact, I'm not sure I was aware Lovey Smith was a great player. He did he ever play in the NFL? Oh no, he did not play in the NFL. Coach. Okay, so another cheap shot at my good friends from Tulsa. Actually, the best player out of Tulsa ever would be Steve Largent, I would have now to say. Now you're talking. Yeah. Now you're talking. All-American and uh, NFL All-Pro out of uh, the Oakland Raiders Hall of Fame for Steve Largent? I think so. Uh, Steve Largent never played a down for the Oakland Raiders. Oh, Seattle. And, uh, I'm sorry, Seattle. Yeah, yeah. Hall and, of Fame? Uh, uh, he was the all-time leading receiver in receptions, touchdowns, and yards, so I would have to say yes. Okay. <laughs> Smartass. Big Dog and the coach talking football over the weekend. Dog, I talked World Series to open up the show. What's your thoughts on that? 888-463-6748. So far, the only analysis you have given us is that you think because I, uh, because of Madison Bumgarner's name that I have some fear of bullies and that I must have had some childhood difficulties. Nobody cares about that. What they do care about is your World Series analysis. I said Texas is not done yet. Your thoughts. Did the Giants wrap it up today? Well, I have the Giants in six, so no, the Rangers will win this particular game. And then Matt Cain wraps up a uh, World Series MVP by winning tomorrow. Yeah, have fun with Matt Cain on uh, on Wednesday night if that mm-hmm. if it goes that far. That's not going to be any fun for the, here, for the my for thought. The Rangers. My thought is that the Texas Ranger offense, and you know, the two of us have talked about it really since the beginning of the year that they are just when when nobody even heard of Texas, we were talking about you know you look at their lineup, that thing is loaded. Right. It's so incredible. It yeah. is. And my thought is if they get untracked and credit the Giants, great pitching staff for shutting down that lineup, but if they can get on a roll a little bit, they are clearly capable, Giant pitching or not, of winning three in a row and scoring like eight, nine runs per game. Oh, absolutely it could happen. Even off of uh, Timmy Lincecum, off of Matt Cain, off of Jonathan Sanchez. Yep. I mean, it, it isn't that unheard of. But, but right now the the odds are extremely thin. And, and think about the, the Giants are hitting the ball too. Yep. Uh, the, the Giants are one of those teams that you know if it's 
if it's a one nothing game, they figure out how to get the runner over. And if it's a, you know, if it's an eight to five game right now, they they're they're taking a walk, taking a walk, and then then you know driving in three runs. It's it's been amazing. So last couple of games, really, they've been fairly tight, and they've come down to really, if you look at it, one big hit. In game three was Mitch Moreland, what, second or third inning, three-run homer, and that pretty much put the game away, it seemed like at the time. Yesterday, Aubrey Huff broke open a close game early with the two-run homer, and that stood up. So it seems like, uh, and Juan Uribe is hitting, I think, in game two, the three-run homer. seems like that one big hit has been the key to winning these World Series games. Yeah, yeah. Usually it does come down to that, like, because there's going to be not that much run scoring, so it's like one big hit. But mm-hmm. this is definitely, definitely typified. It's, uh, besides the 9 nothing game. But then again, you know, there was the big, the, the big hit early by Edgar Renneria that, yep. that made the difference up until the eighth inning. So. Edgar, I've got a bad case of. Renteria. Renteria got three more hits last night, right? He's playing like a. Wiley veteran. Of course, he's he's been in a couple World Series with the Cardinals, right? Uh, he was in a World Series, and he got the game-winning hit yep. for the Florida Marlins ah, in 1997. Ah, there you go. Which is that, that's big time, Coach. There's Man. a there's a lot of uh, former World Series ring winners on this oh. particular uh, Giants team. Now, Dave, I'm going to get Joel going here. I remember that big hit. He that was when he batted in Luis Gonzalez with the game-winning run, right? I don't know who Luis Gonzalez is. What do you mean you don't know who Luis Gonzalez is? Don't you remember the famous hit by Luis Gonzalez to bring in the game-winning homer, game-winning run? Are you talking about in the 2001 World Series on Big Mo Rivera? I do not have a good memory of years. You know, I can't even tell you who won last year's World Series. But Well, uh, Luis Gonzalez was a a, uh, Arizona Diamondback. Yes. And he got a... Fisted single off right. of uh, off of Mariano Rivera mm-hmm. to, to bloop a single in, but no, Edgar Renteria was not on that 2001 <laughs> Arizona Diamondback team. He was on the 1997 Marlins. Uh, well, and he I got just... the hit. He got the hit off of Jose Mesa, who, by the way, is still hated almost as much as our Modell in Cleveland. Jose Mesa, you are a friend of mine. It you sure sure LBJ. wasn't Craig, Craig? Didn't Craig Consul score the winning run in one of those games? Is that confused my World Series? Um. Or was Craig it Gene? Council was on both of those teams. I think Gene Tennis might have knocked in the winning run and Craig Council scored. Could be true. Now, Craig Council was on both those teams, the 97 Marlins and the, the 01 yeah. uh, really? Diamondbacks. Coach. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. The kid out of Notre Dame University, if memory serves me correct. And these days, memory does not serve me correct that often. So I wouldn't. No, it doesn't. No, thank you very much. 888-463-6748, the phone number. Big Dog and the Coach talking sports and more here on a beautiful, beautiful Monday. Brand new month of November. Big Dog, I mentioned that when you did not join us at the start of the show, me and David always start to worry. I've talked about it before. I check crime report first, obituary second, then I figure you're okay. But uh, how was the Halloween weekend? Did you get in any trouble? Any things we can talk about here on a family sports show? Oh, uh, no. Yeah. Then if it's a family show, I'll just take it to the point where yesterday uh, had a very quiet day at home watching football. And if you came to my house yesterday, yep. there wasn't that many kids. So I had to say the last group of kids, you know, like they, they knock on the door and I said, hey, uh, what time is trick-or-treating over? And they're like, oh, like 10 minutes. Each one of those kids got about 10 pounds of candy, Coach. Hey, thank you. <laughs> no, 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 we don't. I, <laughs> Just... I don't mind my teeth rotting oh. away. 
I gave each kid legitimately like five handfuls of candy. My kids are all mad at me because I have threatened and I'm going to act on it to take all that. My wife always buys way too much candy. And I said, all the leftover candy I'm taking to the office. I'm bringing it over here to the talkzone.com. David Olson can bring it home. He's David shaking his head. Don't bring it here. But I'll bring it to some office somewhere, anywhere but home. And, and my kids are all ticked off at me now. They're saying uh, there's just... probably other reasons, Coach. Well, you're probably right. There's some deep-seated reasons, you know, like yeah. little things like getting homework done that seems to be a bothersome aspect on a Halloween Sunday as well. But uh, nah. and here's another problem I, I found all of a sudden. It's getting worse and worse every year. It hit rock bottom this year, Big Dog. I don't know if there's a conspiracy or maybe the company closed, but, but I'm looking for my Musketeer bar, my favorite candy bar. Every year, less and less. What well, used to be in my day. The most common thing you'd get, one of the most common, it's my favorite candy bar. Every year, less and less. This year, I swear, I don't think I saw a single Musketeer bar. There's a conspiracy somewhere. That, that, that's the most overrated oh, candy bar around. No, 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 no. Yes, yeah, David. I, it, it, yeah, it, it, my son's candy bag, he had maybe one three Musketeer what? bar. Yeah. It's killing. The Musketeer bar with that soft middle. Now, what you got to do, by the way, is you got to freeze it. Okay, and then before eating, you take it out of the freezer and let it go for about 10 minutes. So it's in that mid-stage, Big Dog? Any type of candy bar that you have to actually work to get it to taste good, that pretty much sums up why it's not popular anymore. Wait, that you have to melt? Is that work. what you said? Work. Oh, work? Any, any candy bar that isn't ready to go and eat when you just unwrap it, mm -hmm. you actually have to do something with it. That's the reason why it is. Right, well, I'm just right trying now. to make it better. I can still eat the Musketeer bar out of the regular wrapper, but I think it's best that way. How about the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, which ranks number two in my candy bar rankings? Uh, would you go oh, with me there? fantastic. Isn't that good? Oh, those are good. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. So you gave away all your candy or you got a little bit left? Gave it all away, Coach. Even though I was eating the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, so now, I have to admit I ate plenty of those. Now, you don't have kids, but you do have roommates. Are your roommates mad at you for giving away all the candy? No, 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 not at all. Not at all. They don't. They really don't care. <laughs> so, now, if I was handing out the beer, that would be another issue. Uh, so Get your priorities straight, huh? Uh-huh. Now, uh -huh. everybody, all the kids that came as sailors or pirates were like, I gave them the beer. Okay, but if you came as like a, mm -hmm. like a princess or a... Yeah. You know, like a football player, I, I didn't give away the beer to those yeah, kids. Yeah, absolutely. You Get know, I mean, it made sense. Like a drunk pirate. I'm like, yeah. here you go, matey. You know, then yeah. they they shotgun it right there. I like Pretty that. Cool. So you're you're uh, rewarding a little originalness. Mm-hmm. Like, like, uh, yeah, like uh, uh -huh. the vampire, obviously, they don't want to drink beer, so I yeah. didn't give it to them. So. Do you have any Chilean miners come knocking on your door? Uh, the, the, By the way, Coach, no young kids, but uh, one of my buddies, came to a party with uh, three girls, a wife, a mistress, and a girlfriend, dressed as a Chilean miner, one one best costume. <laughs> I thought it was going to be dressed as Tiger Woods. By the way, supposedly, rumor is there's a fourth girl for the Chilean miner that's about really? to come out. Yes, rumor is there's a fourth girl, the girl I... he really loves. Now, he I know doesn't that, like but... living in, in, in his hometown like a, a long-lost love. <laughs> That he still stayed in contact with. Now, I know the Chilean miners made a pact to share all proceeds and all the money, but this guy, this guy, that, that one out of the 33, he's got to break away from that pact because this guy could make, 
he could make big bucks selling the book of the expose or, God forbid, the movie. Well, I, I'm with you on that one, Coach. What, what are the odds I mean, you think that packed? You think it's going to stay strong? I mean, they all agreed, books, movies, whatever comes out of it, they agreed to split it dead down the even. Now, as time wears on, Big Dog, do you think that pact will uh, loosen a little bit, sort of like Kyle Rudolph's hamstring? Well, if I was in that pact, I would uh, definitely keep my word. If I said I was going to do something, I would do something. Yeah. I think they actually will. I didn't contradict myself. I'm saying other people are bad. I think they will, Coach. When okay. It isn't like uh, those guys were in a classroom and they spent some time together. They spent two months sleeping on concrete, yep. peeing in a corner, okay, living in that same room with that corner. I think they actually will. Uh, That's a good point. Yeah, I think they will. That's a good point. So. They, are, they are bound together stronger than anything we could imagine. It's a good point. What if a Chilean miner will throw out like the first? I don't know. In soccer, do they have like a tradition where somebody comes out and kicks the honorary first ball? Possibly, but then again, you know someone's going to take advantage of it. One dude is going to work his butt off, do all types of public appearances, right. and he's yep. going to have to split yep. thirty-two, thirty-threes of his shares with all these yep. other idiots. Yep, you have those so. issues coming up, no question about it. All right, big dog and a coach uh, coming up in a little bit. Our NFL round them up and wrap them up. We'll go over some of those games. College football as well. World Series game five tonight, folks. I mentioned big dog. I think some people that are middle of the road fans might forget. You think, okay, Saturday, Sunday game, day off today, and I'll resume my World Series action uh, on Tuesday. It's kind of a natural thought process. We got to remind the folks out there, no, tonight. It could be all over, and even if it's not, you got a great pitching matchup. Halliday, Lincecum, game three tonight, not Tuesday. You think there's some fans that might forget that there's actually a World Series game tonight? Yeah, and you might forget that the NLCS is over and Halliday isn't involved with this particular team. It's oh, what do Lee. I keep saying Halliday? Cliff Lee, I'm sorry. Thank <laughs> Cliff you. Lee taking on Jimmy Yes. yes. Um, yeah. I hate to say it, but yes, I, I think there's a lot of people out there who don't even realize the World Series is going on. Okay. Well... You get well, you got that aspect also. We talked about that last week with the TV ratings and stuff. I'm, but I'm even talking about that kind of loose leaf binder fan, if you will, who's following it a little bit but not avidly into it. And you just it's kind of natural to think after a weekend that you're going to take Monday off, come back on Tuesday, and if you do that, you might for miss the game clincher or a classic pitching matchup and like a knucklehead. It's not Halliday, folks. Obviously, Cliff Lee going up against Lincecum. So uh, and now and now you have. Uh... Uh, Peyton Manning taking on Arian Foster and Andre Johnson of the uh, of the Texans uh, tonight too. Yeah, they might totally forget that you know they're uh, watching ESPN, which is owned which is owned by Disney, which yeah. owns ABC, and all they do is they're going to promote ninety nine percent of the time about football, and then they'll mm-hmm. throw it. Oh, by the way, the World Series, and then they'll write like in the corner game tonight, first pitch at seven oh five, and you might not even see it. I'm not kidding. ESPN is only on air now to promote the sports that they cover and the, whatever they're showing that day on television. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you watch, they're going to do some heartwarming story about uh, about one of the offensive linemen from the Colts and what he's done in, in the it was charitable. They're going to talk about how Bob McNair, the owner of the Texans, made sure they've got all the drugs out of the, out of the locker room uh, with the Texans. And there won't be any stories about the World Series. But if it was still baseball season and they had Sunday night baseball, they would do four different specials on the players that were playing that night. It's so disgusting. Mm-hmm. Uh, all ESPN is is like a regurgitation of whatever they're going to be showing later on that night. Interesting. That's all it is. Interesting. Big dog. If you watch the college game day, as much as I think 
those guys do a phenomenal job on college game day. I'm not ripping uh, Chris Fowler or Herb Street or, or Corso or, or Desmond Howard. But all the stories that they do on players that particular week, they're showing on ESPN those days. Watch. Look at it, Coach. Mm-hmm. It's called business. I'm just, it's called, it's just, it's, it's called so, taking yes. care of number one. It's called business, and it's not yeah. exactly uh, uh, purified sports reporting. You're absolutely right. Hey, Big Dog, when we come back, we'll talk some college football, okay? Oh, we'll re- like fun to me, Coach. Review the Saturday that was. Some great games out there. We'll talk about it when we come back. NFL round them up, wrap them up as well. Phone line's open. You want to check in, talk about anything that happened over the sports weekend or off the sports page as well. 888-463-6748. Back in a minute. Big Dog, Coach. Producer extraordinaire, David Olson. Lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. There's the rumors, big dog, that if the uh, American government want to actually find out secrets without torturing individuals in future wars, they may play that music that you just heard over and over again, and studies have shown with mice that eventually, if mice listen to that music long enough, they will admit to uh, cheating on their wives or any other things that they've done. I thought uh, I thought mice were monotonous. You mean monogamous? Oh no, it's the same thing. Trust me. No, I don't know. Mice get around. Don't kid yourself. Don't kid yourself. But yeah, that that music might be. Uh, you play that over and over again. I think that could be uh, above and beyond cruelty. Expose. All right, let's talk some Saturday college football, my friend. Uh, you you picked it. Now you didn't have it in your three picks, but you picked it. The best game of the weekend, Missouri and Nebraska, really wasn't that great of a game. Nebraska all over Missouri. I remember you telling us that uh, I think you did, anyways, that Nebraska was going to beat Missouri. That was a big game there, and Oregon just smashing USC. Talk about those two ball games first, big dog. Yeah, well, uh, Oregon definitely deserves their number one perch in the land after what they did to USC this weekend, and. Yeah, Oregon's defense seems above average for a college defense. And let's admit, they give up a lot of points because their offense scores so quick. And that is some of the reason. There's a lot more possession in those games. My goodness, Oregon's offense right now, it's its unlike anything we've ever seen in the history of college football, Coach. It's like a point-a-minute team. They're ridiculous. They do every single style of play offensively besides run the ice and run it right downhill on you. Mm-hmm. But the rest of it, I mean, they throw it all over the field. They play action. They option. They, they spread you out and hit a trap up the middle. Coach, it's, it's a thing it's of beauty a, right now. It is a thing of beauty, and that's a pretty strong statement you made. Now, you might be caught up in the wave of it, but uh, let's I'm throw that out. the best team. I'm talking about best yes, offense. Yes, no, no, I agree. Right with, throw that out to the listeners. In one season, can you remember a more prolific offense than Oregon's team this particular year. I don't know. It the sounds 19- like exaggeration. Huh? I'm sorry. The 1983 Nebraska team. Was that Jerry Taggy and company? No, that's Charles that's- Frazier. 
Turner Gill. Turner Gill. Heisman Trophy winner. Johnny Rogers. Mike Rogier. Mike Rogier. Number one overall pick, Irving Fryer. Uh, Dave Remington. Dean Steinkuhler. Uh, that's that was a uh, Doug Dubose uh, as the backup running back. That was uh, they scored fifty five points a game. They're they're still averaging more than what yeah. Oregon's averaging right now. So. But I'm and I remember that Nebraska team. Nebraska had a ton of great teams back in the late seventies, early eighties. But I don't even think they were as explosive. Um, how do you describe it? So quickly, so aggr- here's the term I would use: aggressively, explosive. As this Oregon team, I'm going to no, make... No, the, no, you're right there. That is 100% yeah. right. Because the other Nebraska team, they would wind the clock down. But they were still averaging more points than this Oregon team. Uh-huh. And they ran the ISO right down people's throat. Every but, single play, they ran the same play over and over again. Yeah. So. But I think this Oregon defense, is offense rather, is even better. Let me make this comparison. It's kind of an odd one. But I liken this Oregon offense very much to the Chicago Bear 1985 defense for, for one year. Now, there were greater defenses over a period of time for one year. I think it was by far the best defense because it was so explosive. It was so aggressive. They were the attack mentality. They had charisma. They had sexiness. They had uh, they were and explosive. And they, they had a scheme that isn't like everybody else's scheme. Yes. So uh, it's a weird comparison, offense, defense, college to pro, but you kind of get where I'm coming at. It's sort of like the 85 Bear defense. That's how good they are. I understand exactly, Sean, because if you just look at the numbers, you can say, hey, the 85 defense is the best defense of all time. And then if you go to another thing, oh, and by the way, they played a defense that nobody else could play every single play for a whole entire season. Yep. So like the Oregon Ducks, they don't go to tight end and fullback. They keep those guys off the field. It's nothing but wide receivers and the tailback, which to me is a little frightening as a guy that is a, was was a power guy and, mm-hmm. you know, was a possession type receiver and, and a blocker. You know, there'd be no, there's no spot yeah. for me on the Oregon uh, no. team whatsoever at any position. The only thing I could do is probably long snap. Guy, if you're team. ilk, if you were at Oregon right now, you'd probably have to uh, actually study and go to class. That wouldn't, I would not be happy about it. But, but I will say this: if Oregon might have uh, the best co-ed population that I've ever seen, really? they do extremely well at Oregon. Not aware of that. That, like Oregon, UCLA, Florida State, Florida, uh-huh. uh, Arizona State University, those are the best. See, right I up. think I can speak for uh, many of people that you know UC, USC, UCLA, Florida State. We expect those names on the uh, coeducational high level discussions, but I'm surprised. Oregon, ranking right up there as well. Oregon is incredible, coach. It's a beautiful environment up there. Yes, it is. I've often I've I've heard many people say it's beautiful, beautiful place to live. The only problem is you can't find jobs and can't make money there. So as long as you don't need to make any money, Oregon's a wonderful place to live. No, I'll build a log cabin on one of those redwood trees is what I'll have to do. Mm-hmm. But it's not a bad place to cohabitate as well. All right, well, another reason. Yet another reason to root for the uh, Oregon University team. All right, so they're your clear number one right now, and if it came down to it, if they had to play the national championship game right now, Big Dog, it would not be Boise State. It would be the Auburn Tigers who won another big game. Cam Newton was good, but they proved this weekend against a pretty good Ole Miss team that Auburn's offense is more than just Cam Newton. Boise State is not going to end up as a national title game. Well, they might. It's not going to happen, Coach. Why not? Oregon isn't going to lose twice. And if Oregon only loses once, they're going to still be ahead of Boise State. What if Auburn loses? 
then they're going to lose to Alabama, and Alabama will jump no. uh, Boise State. No. Yes, Alabama with one they loss. Are. Coach. Yes, sir. They are. Don't even, yes, Alabama will then beat LSU, <laughs> and then they're going to have to beat Auburn, yeah. and then they're going to win the SEC championship game. Uh-huh. Don't kid yourself. They're going to hop Boise well, State. I want to see Boise State in the national title game. It's not going to happen. And don't kid yourself, three-point stance, boy. If that does happen, there will be major, major controversy, because I'm here to tell you right now, if Boise State wins out, and Alabama wins out the rest of their games, knock off Auburn. Boise State should be playing Oregon. There will be major controversy, and I'll be leading that controversy. Very similar. Why, why would you be leading the controversy? For years, I said they got to do something about the system, and you always get upset. Why do they have to change? It's fine. Right, it's well, fine. You sound it, like it's not that big of a deal. The national title doesn't matter. That's what you always say to me. About all of a sudden, you're going to get upset when Boise State gets screwed again. Yes, which I I've bitched about in previous years. Yes, I will be upset if Alabama with one loss gets in over Boise State again if they're undefeated. I will lead. If, it happened last year. If you want to lead the run, I was mad about it last year. You weren't upset about it. No, but two years in a row is unacceptable. Takes me a while to get upset. So this system is so jacked <laughs> up. It's bad. It's just bad. Okay, and yeah. and Boise State again is going to get screwed this year, Coach. It's a guarantee. A guarantee. So you're there, picking. I can. The only way they could possibly, possibly get into the national title game is if LSU beats Alabama, then Alabama beats Auburn, okay, and if LSU then loses to Arkansas. Oh, and by the way, Iowa has to beat Ohio State, okay. Uh, Arizona, Utah has to lose to BYU after Utah beats TCU. And by the way, Boise State obviously has to go undefeated the whole entire way. Mm-hmm. It's, it's. I hate to tell you, coach, it's not going to happen. They're going to get screwed over again. Now, one thing we know for sure: we don't want to see Boise State playing TCU. Well, oh. that you know what was that was an absolute joke. Was last year TCU and Boise State belonged in a BCS bowl, mm-hmm. and the, what they figured out was, hey, we can't actually have Boise State play Oklahoma again and beat them. We can't have TCU go and play Ohio State or Oregon because they'd beat them. So why don't we uh why don't we have them play each other so then next year when mm-hmm. whoever wins this game and they're battling for a national title and someone says, Hey they won a BCS bowl last year, we can just what do you call it, conveniently say, Oh, they beat TCU. They didn't really beat a real team in the BCS bowl. So you are suggesting in some it's sense conspir- for, conspiracy theory. Yes, it's been it's just garbage how they've these teams have been treated. If you're trying to tell me that TCU can't play with any other team in the country, I can start going through their particular schedule. Let me see. They beat Baylor. They were up 35-3 to at halftime, and Baylor had 15 yards of offense. Hmm, what has Baylor hey, done since? Yeah. They've gone 7-1, and one and they've beaten teams like Texas. You know, it's such a joke, Coach. Just knocked off Texas uh, two days ago. Yes, yeah, a joke. Interesting. TCU not getting their doors back. Would you settle? I would settle. I would I would put my campaign away, put my disgust away. If, if you gave me like a Boise State against Ohio State, assuming the Buckeyes run the table and they're ranked like third or fourth, that I could handle and throw me an Orange Bowl, throw me a Fiesta Bowl. I could live with that if I'm Boise State. Yeah, they just better not get put up, matched up against Texas Christian again. No. I want both of them to play a big school so we can yeah. finally – I mean, yes. If you think about it, Coach, and 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 this is the truth. Every time in a, a, a non-Q school 
uh, went to a BCS game besides Hawaii, and when Hawaii played that Georgia game, you remember I was like, Georgia's going to score 100 points on them. They're going to get absolutely destroyed. I knew Hawaii did not belong in that BCS game. Every other time, though, the the non-Q school destroyed the automatic qualifier coach. Mm -hmm. Every time. So uh, this whole thing, like, oh, they're a small school, they can't play. You know what? I, I like to see one of those people say that play against me. So just just have one snap of football against me, please, mm -hmm. please. I've, you know what I'm saying? It's the, the, those people who say that don't know anything about football. If they want to just, if their only thing is they didn't play the schedule, I understand that, and that is that 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 is a point. But the truth of the matter is, they block and they tackle, and that's all that matters when you want to win football games. It isn't who was on your schedule. Is do you block properly? Do you hang on to the ball? Do you tackle properly? And those schools do it. Fair enough. Hey, real quick, before the NFL round them up, wrap up Big Dog, talk about your fight in the line. Your favorite team, the Navy and Orange, all over Purdue. And a young quarterback, uh, against my particular opinion, may have to come of age. Well, yeah, he's getting there, Coach. He's definitely getting there. He keeps on improving. Nathan Shieldhouse is going to end up being the best quarterback that school's ever seen. And right now, their defense, that's what's carrying this team. It isn't their offense. definitely isn't their passing game. It is... Uh, it is their defense, and Corey legit, Clay Nurse. Their defensive line is playing spectacular right now. And we did find uh, out, we we have found out, I should say, what are the keys to Ron Zook's coaching? And it's basically Ron Zook not coaching, right? He, he takes issue with that coach. I know he does. You know. I know he does. But the, the bottom line is now that the coordin new coordinators actually coaching the team, not Ron Zook, they look much better coached. And uh, Ron can then put his fingers through his hair on the sidelines and, Recruit, continue to recruit all American players. Yeah, well, yeah, just as long as he starts getting them. But, and forget, don't get the athletes, get actual football players. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's funny, Martez Wilson, for all these years, you know, I've, I've really ripped the guys being overrated. This, the last, the beginning of this year, is, he's averaged the last few games. He has been absolutely dynamic mm -hmm. playing the inside linebacker coach. Uh, he played great, and, and uh, Nate Bussey, best outside linebacker uh, in, in the Big Ten right now, period. So they, they're playing extremely well defensively. Beautiful. All right, we'll talk some more college football tomorrow on Residue Tuesday. Real quick, though, Big Dog, let's go over some of the NFL games, if you will, a little, a little round them up and wrap them up. David Olson, give us some music here. Sunday football yesterday without the Bears. It was a little sad, but a little glad as well, Big Dog. I was glad. I didn't even notice, Coach. <laughs> All right, we already talked about the pack beating the Jets. Let's move on. New England over Minnesota, 28-18. to 18. Yes, Brett Favre starts, plays into the fourth quarter. It's 292nd start, but it wasn't Brett Favre. It was our guy, Ben Jarvis Greenellis, who was the star for the New England Patriots. Uh, they just kept handing it off to him. He kept getting five yards after five yards after five yards. That, that Viking defense is an issue. Can't stop the run. Uh, game two of the round, I'm up, wrap up the Oakwood Raider. Are they for real? Question mark, question mark. Get rid of those question marks. The Oakwood Raiders, they are back. They are for real. Darren McFadden, Jason Campbell, and company all over the Seahawks. They scored like 65 points in the last two weeks, Big Doug. Go figure. Uh, they they scored 92 points what? over the last two weeks. Come on. Uh, the, the only thing, I, you know, the Raiders are my surprise pick for the NFL this year. The only problem is uh, Nande Alsamois might be out for the season, and then that team is going to take a huge hit if he's done. What's his name? Nandi Alsamois, the best defensive player in football, coach. Nandi Alsamois. 
Way too many vowels in that name. He's okay. not related to Damakon Sue, is he? No. Who, by the way, has uh, seven and a half sacks now from the defensive tackle spot as a rookie. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, is he incredible. Well, let's, let's, let's move on to his ball club, the Detroit Lions. Everybody said they're better than their record, one and five. They proved it over the weekend. Uh, yesterday, to be specific, they go two and five. They beat the Washington Redskins 37-25. They get their quarterback back, big dog, Matt Stafford. Four touchdown passes. The Lions playing quality football. The story of this game is endemic and Sue, and the other story is the fact that Mike Shanahan has lost his freaking mind. He replaced... <laughs> He replaced Donovan McNabb Uh-oh. with Rex no! Grossman. No! Rex is his he guy? Said, he said Rex Grossman gave him a better chance to win. Yeah. And, and Rex proceeded to fumble, which he is prone to do, and the fumble got picked up for six points the other way. Goodbye, Adama Kinsu. God bless. <laughs> All right. Jacksonville, 30 Five, Dallas 17. A lot of people picked the Dallas Cowboys to be in the Super Bowl. One of the most disappointing halves of football for a talented team we've seen in a long time. Big Dog, one in six. The Cowboys, go figure. Congrats to the Jacks, by the way. You know, the, the AFC South, by the way, they, I'm sick of everybody bashing the Cowboys. I'm, I don't want to, don't have to do it too. I'm the AFC South. The Jacks are in last place and they're four and four. And, and coming division. into the season, the AFC South was, wasn't was supposed to be the weakest division, but middle of the pack, maybe. I don't know. That, that, all those teams, uh, the Texans, the Titans, and the Colts look good to me. The fact that the Jaguars aren't 2-6 and six right now, pretty impressive to me. So. All right, next up on the docket, yet another surprise team, major surprise. The previously laughable Kansas City Chiefs laugh no more. They're for real. They beat Buffalo in overtime, 13-10. Jamal Charles, 177 yards. Ryan Sukup with the winning field goal, 35 yards out at the end of overtime. The Chiefs getting it done yet again, Big Doug. Go figure. You do pronounce it stuck up. I know it's kind of strange, but you do. And uh, the, the Bills have to play the Bears next week. The Bills keep on losing all these Heartbreaking game. Yes. Uh, something tells me they might get it done in Toronto against yeah. the Bears. Well, they, they haven't won a game yet, but right? They're still winless. Yeah, they're 0-7. And they've played maybe a, two of those seven games have been bad games. The other five, they have been competitive. So uh, yeah, And heartbreaking losses, yes. too, like overtime, last-second field goals. They're close to winning one. Their next game is against the Bears. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh, let's go out to, uh, what the heck, let's travel over to beautiful London, England. little overseas football. Roger Goodell and company showcasing the fine sport of football to the fans that like soccer a whole lot better. The San Francisco 49ers, three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Mike Singletary celebrating in a London pub somewhere yesterday as they knock off Denver 24-16. The 49ers on the rebound. You got like Troy Smith playing for Alex Smith, and uh, he yep. looked pretty good yesterday. Something tells me he might keep that quarterback job. When Alex Smith comes back. Did you say Alex or Alice? Alice. Both. Freudian slip. By the way, the airplane left, and apparently they could not find Singletary. He's still somewhere celebrating in London, Big Dog. I don't know if that's a source of concern, but Mike Singletary missing as we speak. Well, we know what he wants. Maybe that's what he's looking for. I want winners. All right, another surprise season. We're full of them in the NFL this year. We're full of a period here on the Two Guys in a Mike Show, St. Louis over Carolina, 20-10. to 10. Sam Bradford better than anybody thought he would be. Very efficient again. And how about the St. 
Lewis Ram. Who's their coach, and he should be coach of the year? Is that Linehan? Yeah, Scott Linehan, coach. Coach of the year right now. I think, I guess he is. Heck yeah, in the in the National Football League, that's that's a good call. He would be. I mean, the fact that the, they're leading that division right now, right? Yeah, five and two. I think they're are they tied five and twos with the Cardinals. Are they tied with? I still think the the Forty Niners are coming back and winning that division, coach. You know what? I would not. Totally. When, when San Francisco, Mike Singleton, no, was their GM, I think, has said that. Yeah. Everybody yes, was laughing sure. about it. I wasn't laughing. I said, you know what, this 49er team, uh, you can make all the jokes you want about Singletary and stuff. They got some talent. I do think if they get quarterback play, that's the key. That's the key for them. All right, final game, big dog, on our round them up, wrap them up. New Orleans knocks off Pittsburgh 20 to 10. Did not start out well for New Orleans, but it ended very well. Drew Brees, he's back 33 for 44. Couple of touchdown passes. Big win for the Saints. Yeah, they need to still need, they figured out a way to win yesterday without being able to run the football. That's not going to be very common that they do that, but not too many teams can actually run it against the Steelers. And mm-hmm. uh, that was a hard hitting, well played football game, coach. It, it was fun to watch. No question about it. I didn't watch much of it, but, um, the little bit I did say, I enjoyed seeing Ben Roethlisberger get pounded a couple times. All right. We got to wrap up today's show. Big dog, uh, the month of November. It's upon us. All the problems, all your, Worries of the month of October, you can rip that calendar page off. I got a great feeling. The month of November for you and the Radwanski family is going to be thumbs up across the board. Well, I hope you're right, Coach. And to you and yours, please remember to keep your hands off mine. I shall. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow. By the way, Brian Bauer coming on the show Wednesday and Friday this week, Joel. Oh, very good. I got stuff to do those days. No, no, no. You're supposed to be on because I might be off. Oh, not good. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow, dog. Later. Nice to do our production schedules on the air. we got to get out of here, folks. David Olson, thank you so much for a great job today. We'll do it tomorrow at 10. Big Dog and the Coach all over again. Have a great day. TalkZone.com.